1: Yes, yes, welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. On the Inside STL Podcast Network, Timothy Michael McKernan and Action Jackson Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss with you from the homelonexpert.com studios for our presentation for June 1st, 2021, Jackson, what's the good word?
0: Oh, I had a great Memorial Day weekend. Tell me
1: about, I want to know what's going on. Did you have sex?
0: <laughs> no sex, unfortunately, but I did play hey, I a lot of you. golf. I did play a lot of golf, which, which is, point? uh, Friday, I played with my father at Forest Park, played a quick nine holes on Hawthorne. Great time. Um, then on Saturday, I had the pleasure of playing at Far Oaks, uh, which is one of my favorite courses in the area. got to play a late afternoon round. Uh, it was beautiful outside. Sunset was picturesque. I like the drive going back into St. Louis with that nice sunset really puts me in a good place. And then, uh. Sunday I played at the bridges at Columbia Columbia bridges in Columbia Illinois uh, so played like 45 holes of golf this weekend so good for you yeah a great time
1: there was a, uh, a tournament at the place I play in, mm-hmm. uh, play at um, and uh, I didn't get in it, it, it um, and so I was just was kind of like um oh, I'll be an alternate um, and it's 7.50 yesterday morning,
2: mm-hmm.
1: my phone starts ringing. Now I'm still in bed. And mm-hmm. I'm going, how in the hell is my phone ringing? Because I have it on Do Not Disturb. Yeah. And then it it forced me to look at the Do Not Disturb settings, and I didn't realize that Do Not Disturb, you can allow for phone calls. Mm. And somehow I had allowed for phone calls, but to show how few phone calls I get, it's never happened, <laughs> or at least it hasn't happened since this setting's been adjusted. Yeah. And so I happened to get the phone call at like 7:55. Got up, listened to the voicemail. It was the head pro mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, there's a spot open for you." He was very kind, and he said, "I just want to let you know, these are some of our older, higher handicap
0: <laughs> 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 Right up your alley. Uh,
1: well, I, I just wanted to play. Yeah, you know these things, these tournaments, kind of like the Fanpage Club Championship. All due respect, of course. Rarely are you playing in something where there's a lot of money uh-huh. involved. Yeah. Because if there were, there would really have to be better uh, legislation on how you. I mean, essentially, it basically, just have to be gross strokes. Because once you bring handicap into play, you can bring in cheating. I mean, there's. Yeah. Ev- you can go. Well, what if somebody has a gin? They can cheat and enter fake scores. It, mm-hmm. You know. So there's really it is an honor system. So you really can't get to a point where you're playing for take your pick of whatever you would consider to be a lot of money. So in the whole scheme of things, I think I saw who won yesterday. I think it was like a $50 entry and, you know, first place was like 150 So, you know, I mean, $50 a person for 150 per person, I guess. Either way, I get over there and for whatever reason, I'm just kind of like hanging out and I don't get there until 9 o'clock. We're teeing off at 9.20 mm-hmm. and I am a golfer and I don't know where you are on this and mm-hmm. I don't know where the audience is on this. But I need to be able to warm up. I have mm. no idea why. I think it's straight psychological. Yeah. But I just know that I do. But I've been playing so well lately, and this is the course I've been playing now for five months, so you kind of know it, and you know where to go, and you know where to avoid, and you know mm-hmm. the wind down yeah. here is ridiculous, and you just kind of, okay, if it's coming out of the east, and you do it. whatever. All st- standard shit. And I'm like, "Oh, and then I'm the you know, and then these guys are no good, respectfully, not like they're bad guys, just they're, you know." Yeah. Whatever, 18 handicaps, whatever. And so I'm just like, "Okay, I'll just show up and they'll be dazzled by my game and, <laughs> you know, I'll carry them and we won't win, but whatever, we'll have fun. Who cares?" And I have no idea what happened. I mean, they were they couldn't have been friends. We had lunch afterwards. Couldn't mm-hmm. have been friends. I didn't know any of them. Let's see. One was from born and raised New York City. He's lived in uh, this area in Florida for, I don't know, I think 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, businessman, retired. He lived in Connecticut. And the other one uh, grew up, and it, it was in his 80s, oh, and geez. was talking about watching Jackie Robinson play. That's and crazy. Oh, I gave up on the Dodgers when they moved to the West Coast. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, yeah, of course. I mean, what yeah, <laughs> like, year like, was that? Like fifty-five or something.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So anyway, great guys. But I know that they had to be internally going because I'm right now. I'm a five handicap, mm-hmm. four point nine to be exact. They had to be going. What the fuck is this?
2: <laughs>
1: it was awful. I mean, it was awful, awful, awful. Like I actually, I I keep the. The golf and daily fantasy conversations with my wife to an absolute minimum. Mm-hmm. I know she doesn't care. I know that she's bored by it. To her credit, she kind of feigns interest. But after 13 years, hmm. you know, you pick up the reeds. Yeah, definitely. But I said to her, we went we went to dinner, me, Jameson, and her. Met up with uh, the great Pete Prinzi, former Cardinal strength and conditioning coach and uh his wife and their kids yesterday after the golf tournament. Then went to the pool and then went to to dinner at this place. These wings, by the way, if you're ever in this area,
2: mm-hmm. it
1: they're it's called the Brass Ring. It looks like it looks like a textbook old school bar. Yeah, but the wings, I can't figure it out. I don't know what it is. I'm sure there'll be like a couple of people who listen to this will be familiar with what I'm talking about. I can't figure out what it is that they use to season them, but it's unlike anything I've ever tasted. Now, I love like Cyberg's, Helen Fitzgerald's wings. I love that. Mm-hmm. And there are certain wings in St. Louis, like Billy G's wings. I love those, but I cannot figure out what this is. Either way, we go there, and then we're driving home, and it's only like a 10, 15-minute drive home. And I said to my wife, I said, i got to be honest with you. i got to talk through what the hell happened today. To <laughs> she goes, oh, God. And I go, listen, it's not a big deal, and they co- they couldn't have been more friendly about it. But it was really fucking weird. Now I figured it was a it was a physical not physical. It was a mechanical thing that I did figure out on the ninth hole, and then I still yeah, I didn't birdie a hole the whole t- day. But um, played better. But either way, the first eight holes. I mean, holy shit! I think I I th- I think I doubled or picked up like on six of them. Oh jeez. And I don't sh- I know, and I don't I, I don't think I've shot over forty on that nine. I don't know how long. I mean, maybe all of all of the month of May, and I shot a 47, a 47. Oh. Now, again, I realize, listen, a couple of years ago, I've been like, oh, 47, that's in my wheelhouse. But for as much as I play and practice now, and this is like the course i play at over and over again Mm -hmm. that is just not you could have said okay 100 to 1 if you shoot a 47 i realize you wouldn't do that because you can control up the point being it's just not even on the bell curve yeah now if it's a windy day maybe it's possible but there Mm -hmm. was no wind it was just awful and i was just in and i couldn't figure it out and then then all of a sudden it just like gets away from you and it's it's a different thing like, if I were just out there with, like, me, you, Iggy, and Jay, you mm-hmm. know, or Doug, mm-hmm. and we're just fucking off. And maybe it's, like, $5 a hole or something, but whatever. Yeah. We're just fucking off. I think what it was is I rushed up there, yep. and I did have a handful of balls on the range, but then got over there, and they're like, oh, you're our A player. We can't wait to see you. You know, we're gonna, you're going to carry us. And, then, <laughs> and and I didn't know them. Uh-huh. And, and, and then on the first green— you know, the 83-year-old guy who saw Br- Jackie Robinson steal home, uh, he, you know, he missed a putt by maybe, like, two feet in a game. If you and I were playing, I'd be like, that's good, you know, whatever. Yeah. But with him, I said, Is, I don't know, what, what's the policy on the tournament? Is that good? He goes, oh, no, it's tournament. You know, you got to put everything out. I go, "Oh shit, okay, fuck. I didn't know we were playing for the green jacket, but yeah. okay. <laughs> it's cool. And I'm not looking to, like, cut corners. I just kind of figured it, you know. Yeah, pace of play. Two-man thing. best ball. Yeah. Whatever. And I'm kinda like and then 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 the guy who grew up in New York City, uh Italian guy, mm-hmm. uh so we were talking about my wife's last name, his last name, and he was talking about the real estate market down here. You want to see a scared Italian, you should have seen me in two thousand eight. He misses a putt and everything was cool up until he missed a You motherfucker, you leaving it short and I go, Oh fuck these guys. You know, they might be like thirty plus years older than me, but they mean business here today. (laughs) And I'm getting, and and I, you know, and I, 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 I I, I bogeyed the first hole just super easy, and I was like, yeah, that isn't good. That's I don't know the last time I bogeyed the first hole. And then it just got, I mean, it got away from me. It got, it got away from me. That it bothers me that it got away from me. I don't the score. I kind of don't care about. It's the fact that it got away from me and I couldn't figure it out for like eight holes. That's the worst. So it's like okay and if anything though now if slash when it gets away from me again I think I have the I don't know what the right word like I've I've left a breadcrumb trail of how to get back to
2: yeah finding
1: Rever- it again
0: reverse engineer your swing kind of so you know yes. so you know based on ball flight or you know how hard you're hitting it that you can go back and change something slightly and that should curtail the issue uh, and then some range sessions should completely get rid of it. That's kind of how I always think of it when it's on during a round. Like, I okay, let's fix it now, and then worry about it
1: later. It got it, it and the only reason I fixed it is because we had to wait on the ninth tee, and we usually don't have to wait all day. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me time to just sit there and just swing just for the hell of it. And I go, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. not. You know, coiling, uncoiling, I am, like, kind of, like, oh, I don't know what the right word, like, shifting into my swing, Mm. kind of leaning. Yeah. And then it leaves. I think it leaves the club because I was missing right, and then it was slicing. And that's just not my ball flight. What in the world? And holy shit. Either way, I talk about on this podcast what's on my mind, and I'm embarrassed by the fact that that is on my mind. I wasn't planning on talking about it, but when you brought up golf over the weekend Mm Because I am an, I'm I'm just it, it's the it's easily the best I've ever played. It's not even close mm-hmm. th- to the best I've th- this is the best I've ever played. So I in a way it was kind of good to a kind of get humbled mm. and then B have it happen and then like be able to go okay, now I know what happened. and if and when it happens again and it will, here is what you here are the steps you need to take to kind of get back to. But holy shit, yeah. what a weird thing. And I'm, it's, straight, it, it, it's mental that impacted the mechanical. I know it is, because if I were out there by myself or playing with one of the guys I regularly play with, I'd be like, okay, I bogeyed one. That sucks. It's going to be tough to shoot well today, but whatever. But, you know, who gives a shit? But now I'm like, okay, fuck, these guys really want to win this thing, even though, you know, I can't imagine we're going to win this thing. Mm -hmm. This guy's motherfucking himself because he left a putt short. He was like 40 feet away. I mean, what did he want to do? Yeah, You know, but okay. And, you know, know, I I gave a guy a foot and a half putt, and he's like, no, no, it's a tournament, you know. And (laughs) I'm going, oh, shit. I showed up, you know, 15 minutes before we tee off. Yeah. You know, I'm the A player. I'm, you know. I'm like, oh fuck, and then I just go straight right over the water into like a neighborhood on my second tee shot, and I'm like, oh god, and it yeah, was like, it's
2: a shitty feeling.
1: It was like Steve Sachs at second base. It was <laughs> over. It was it was a fucking disaster. Yeah, I hear Holy that. Holy shit. Um, either way, uh, we got all kinds of questions because I just never get through them because I go off on things like my random golf tournament with. Septuagenarians. <laughs> uh We are in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I say it over and over again. I don't know what the situation is like for each individual person, but I can issue this statement with certainty. If you're looking to buy a home, you got to get pre-approved, period. That's it. If you're looking to buy a home, you got to get pre-approved. That's just the way that it is. Uh, and do so with Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com. Ryan was on the radio show this morning, and he was talking about the fact that he is still closing loans in the twos. Uh, so it's not like uh, refinancing and saving money is something in the past. That is still there as well. Work with him. I do. His staff is incredible. It just It isn't just a read. I truly do work with him uh, and his staff and could not be happier. The com, the studio sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show. Once you work with Ryan and you got a home, well, now you got to get it insured. Do so with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I speak firsthand on James as well because he is my insurance agent and i made the switch because i noticed that there was a big difference in the customer service he practices versus other places and i thought well i can't i can't it's not fair to my family to just go oh, i don't want to have an awkward conversation with my current guy so i'm going to make the switch so i made the switch and i'm thrilled that i did you will be too they do all the paperwork for you 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net if your insurance costs a leg and an arm call james carlton state farm and Munganess, the official automotive dealership of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson. What was Doug driving? Doug said he was driving like a minivan. He drove down to Hilton Head. Is that what the Yeah,
0: I think was? it was a Toyota Sienna. That's what yeah, he. Right. That's what he drove a little mini, a nice minivan. I look at it in the parking lot when he showed up today. Beautiful car.
1: Get these cars from Munganess. I'm so happy. You know, I mean, listen. The bottom line for our business is this: deliver a return on investment for advertisers. That's essentially it. Mm-hmm. You can talk about. Liking the show, disliking the show, liking guests, disliking guests, too much this talk, not enough this talk, whatever it is. When it's all said and done, does the show mobilize an audience to deliver return on investment for advertisers? And if the answer to that is yes, then you have a show. And it's really that simple. And I am thrilled to say that our partnership with Munganast has been. Um, As far as recent goes, one of the most successful, and they are blown away by it, things, because our audience just keeps doing business with them. And I think one of the reasons is they go out of their way to make show-specific promotions. And so for uh, right now, you can go to stlouisacura.com and get $11,000 off, $11,000 off a 2020 Acura MDX. That is a ridiculous deal. $11,000 off. If you want to talk with somebody there, here are the names to talk to. Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, St. Alton altontoyota.com. It is Munganess, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. All right, I got all kinds of questions in here. Jackson, let me go into them, and let's see how many we can get through today. Sweet. Uh, set an over-under. Go.
0: Five and a half.
1: Five and a half. Kind of bullish. All right. Tim and Jackson, this could be a deep dive, but the amazing TMA best of show. By the way, I haven't listened to it, but I got a lot of positive feedback, emails, DMs. People loved what you put together. I don't know who all was responding. I know you were active in it. I don't know. Viggy, Matt Rocchio, Jim Hewer, I don't know. I'm not trying to leave people out. I just know you were the person I was dealing with. Uh
0: Yeah. Uh, I appreciate everyone who enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, a cool kind of trip down memory lane. There was something for everybody in there. Uh, if you're like a newer listener, like stuff like the Weezer or the Foot Fetish Friday stuff, maybe something you haven't heard. And if you're what
1: about the cat and Treasure Island from 2000, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of
0: TMA history in there, and I think it was good. And I like doing the intros. That was a station manager John Hadley's idea to do the intros, which were great. How did you
1: feel about doing that? You're, I mean, listen, you, you participate here, but it's more kind of me and you bullshitting. Mm-hmm. In that mode, you were in broadcaster mode. How did you feel about that? It
0: felt good. My brother said that it was like an NPR intro into just straight. You do have a soft voice. Yeah. So it was kind of like an NPR intro to these, uh, these segments about you know, paralegals feet and, uh, Weezer's pictures on Facebook, which was, I think, par for the course, but I really enjoyed all of it. And then I got to do like a little fun email today at the end with some of, uh, the best emailers in show history and some of their best emails, which I always enjoy to revisit. So hope everyone liked it. And if you did, you know, just continue to listen. There'll be more, more to come.
1: I might have, to, I, I truly might have to go and and listen yeah, to it's it. Good stuff. Um, is there a single more impactful moment, of the show, on the air, not behind the scenes, then Mike Lee's phone call into the show around 10 years ago after the Blues got eliminated and the words "deek dotem" were mumbled. It seems like the reverberation of that call still impacts the show every day almost 10 years later. Thanks. That's from TW. TW is a great emailer on TMA History Questions. Mm-hmm. God, I feel like the answer has to be yes. Mm-hmm. But off the top of my head... I don't have anything, just because it. Cause to me, like the free the free dotum thing is, you know, an inside joke.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of like a calling
1: kinda, card. Well, yeah, like and it identifier. lets people know you listen to the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people put it in their Twitter bios, you know, to let people know they listen to the show. Mm-hmm. So I guess in that sense, it would be hard to find anything else that has marketed the show. I don't know. I don't know if other shows in the market i think on the Rizzuto show they call each other weirdos i think you Mm -hmm. know on that
0: no i don't i don't but i thought that was what the deal was there oftentimes like a show will have like a listenership nickname just like an inside right but i
1: mean you have to have it the show you can't like just like i could just start a radio show by myself and then call the listeners a certain thing it (laughs) it, it kind of evolves after amount of of time and some semblance of success Mm and that there is a you know the following Mm -hmm. um so I get that. I just I want to I want to give Tom uh, a good thorough answer. Jackson, is anything coming to mind for you? I'm going like, to redirect like, to try to buy time. That is exactly what I'm doing strategically here.
0: Yeah, just like a single call. I can't. Think. Well, no, it
1: was, it was, I think it was an impact, impactful moment on the air, not okay. behind the scenes, and that's 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 important. Because there's definitely been a lot behind yeah, the scenes, but no but as far as on the air,
0: I get, wasn't the five nine the man, thirteen eight the woman. That's where I was going.
1: That's that's where air. I was going. That yeah. that was on the air. The fact that it was on the air in our time slot, which was designed to piss us off, uh-huh. but the fact that he did it and didn't realize that then we would own the course. He didn't think the press conference was going to be a joke.
2: Yeah,
1: maybe he still doesn't realize that it was. <laughs> that that allowed A, our audience to hear it uh-huh. because they probably wouldn't have been listening after the show ended, uh-huh. but then secondarily and most importantly, we then owned it. Yeah. So now we still own that audio, <laughs> and we will in perpetuity. Yeah. Um, But I think the reason why I would say that was important is it was the first time that I can recall, that was, for me anyway, the moment the show went from I don't even know how I would describe it for the first nine years to whatever you would call it now. It's yeah. t- and I don't know I don't even know what I don't even know what analogy I'm looking for. It just it 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 got bigger as far as the audience goes, and the passion got more intense mm-hmm. from the loyal listeners. There are a lot of people listen to the show. And just like oh yeah, I listen to the show, you know, but kind of like in passing. But there are a lot of people who like are intense about it. Yeah, um, I hear what you're saying there. You see what I'm saying?
0: Like, it's, it's kind of I, like I, when you said that, uh, like, if you go through something with somebody, whether like you used the reference a couple of weeks ago, like pledges. When you're a plug. yes, that's a nice play. That's so a nice when step. all these listeners go through it with you guys, that press conference and the nonsense that followed, it's kind of like they went through something with you and felt a deeper connection to the program.
1: And then we won. But, I mean, you could have asked me while that press conference was going on if we were going to win, and I would have Hmm. gone, well, yeah, we are. You just don't know how it's going to go yet, but I can already tell you. Because, I mean, at that point, I'd already done it before, and having to, like, deal with that type of stuff, and... But with this one, this was this was this was you know it, it 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 could have been anybody. It what that thing, that thing wasn't going to work whether I existed or I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know that thing yeah. was not going to work whether TMA existed or it didn't. It doesn't it doesn't matter. That was not going to work. That wasn't really. I don't view that as a win. No. That was just we were there and they were going to sink no matter what. Yeah. But for the audience and why I think it's significant for the audience is it got a lot of attention. Because of a lack of self-awareness on the part of those involved, thinking that they really were on the verge of, you know, launching, you know, ESPN yeah. <laughs> uh, in <laughs> oh, 1980 yeah. or whatever ESPN started,
2: yeah.
1: And so there are all these quotes and all this audio, and, and that just made it like th- this incredible joke. And then we start our own thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. It it's successful, and and then that goes out of business. And I think people felt like that was validation of their love of this thing that is not accepted by the mainstream and so it validated them that's mm-hmm. what i think yeah if you're like trying to psychoanalyze it
2: yeah
0: i think
1: that's that's why i would say so the press conference itself wasn't that was just great comedy uh-huh. great unintentional comedy the greatest unintentional com- i cannot listen to that and not laugh <laughs> it is and i couldn't then and i don't know if a time will ever come where i cannot listen to that or i, where I can't laugh Because it's just total unintentional comedy. Yeah. Um, But but what it what it led to, I think, was incredibly substantial as far as the show goes. What happened with the show starting in twenty thirteen is different than what was going on with the show from two thousand four up until that time in twenty thirteen. So, but I but again, I really don't. The only way I can try to explain it is that psychoanalysis of people were passionate about it. And they knew something was wrong, but they didn't really know what was wrong. And, you know, in, in, in a normal circumstance, we wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. We would just do our job, you know, I mean, look at how we handle things. We don't really say anything, uh, which I think drives some people up the wall, and I understand that. But I'm trying to make sure that everybody receives their paychecks and not cause any problems that would cause people to not receive their paychecks Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a reason. Um, And so with with that, Dan Marshall did all the talking, and so it allowed the audience to go, hold on, something's not right here, and they were hip to it, so we didn't need to say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that, I think, created this bond with people. So I would agree with the press conference thing. Um and then Deke Dotum of the Free Dotem fame uh kind of became the calling card of the bond that was created in 2013 when all of that happened. So that is that that to me is um the only thing that I can think of I don't know what I don't know what else. I'd love to think of some others. I'm sure people can think of some others and email them in for sure. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Um, but, yeah, that's the one that stands out to me. That was a, uh, that mm-hmm. was a good play, action, uh, Jackson. Uh, Tim, the voicemail you played from the blocked number on Friday's TMA made my skin crawl. It is time for you to, A, change your number, and, B, get rid of the fan page once and for all. It's best for your health and your family's health. Thank you. That's from John in Overland. Is there really a guy in Overland? No chance. (laughs) No chance. (sighs) Jackson, you heard the voicemail. Mm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Indeed, I did. (laughs) I sure did.
1: (laughs) Um, I, I mean, how many people listening to this heard the voicemail? The voicemail itself, I don't think, is... In an, if I just play it you would be like what's that but the fact that it was sent to my phone or it was on my phone I don't think it was a blocked number I think it came up unavailable or whatever it is that comes up when hmm. somebody's trying to hide their number like a, usually like a spam yeah um, but uh, yeah the, I mean it's just something that happens I'm, I'm if anything as weird as this may sound I'm glad that that made people uncomfortable
2: mm-hmm. yeah I because it is yeah. but
1: I didn't know if that would like come off as how it comes off but i because i kind of went back and forth as to whether or not i should send it to you to put it on the air mm-hmm. because that might be exactly what this particular person wants yeah but you know i think with how cryptic i have been on some things that i think maybe some people think that i exaggerate it or that maybe it doesn't exist um and, uh, and so like when I can actually, you know, I mean, if I were to, I mean, I certainly could block out the email address so I could just show the, the body of an email that is, you know, I think the word I would use is obsessive. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the word I would use, but, uh, then I can, you know, share that with the audience just to say, Hey, I know you might think this, you know, but here, take a listen to this. Cause for us, for me, it's certain, it's something that kind of is, normalized even though it's certainly un- not normal it's you, you deal with it regularly enough to, to to know that it's something that's just kind of part of the deal even though it's not something that you would want to be part of the deal so here take a listen and you know this is what this is what's going on you know mm-hmm. kind of about it yeah so that's why i played it um yeah i think obsessive is the word i don't know
0: yeah i think that's i think that would be the Correct word, and usually, I mean that kind of stuff that like you got your voicemail on is what I'll pick up on the station phone when people call. Yeah, in.
1: what do you, I have no idea what you hear on the station phone? I don't recall Pete or Sea Monster or um, I, 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 Willie producer Joe. I mean those are our producers in yeah. seventeen years. I don't recall. I recall Joe getting upset about me not breaking, but I don't think he was upset with callers. Willie would get upset about, you know, I think maybe he would argue with callers, but I don't. I don't know that Sea Monster was just so yeah. calm uh, that nothing happened. And then Pete, I don't know, the best way to describe Pete just kind of like, whatever, you know, I don't fucking care. Fine. Tell me to fuck off. Fine. I'm not yeah. going to tell you to fuck off. I just don't care. That would be the best way to describe gangster Pete's approach to it. But I didn't know that this was going on. So what is it that you, you get when you get these phone calls?
0: I would be more on the uh, Pete side about when people call in to tell me something sucks it's just like okay just do like get it out and then i'm gonna hang up on you kind of thing like i'm not gonna respond to you i don't get in arguments with people But what are
1: they saying to you
0: uh there's obviously the spread the legs guy and i like to (laughs) i like to talk it over with him thinking about starting a podcast with him
1: the spread the legs guy
0: yeah the spread the legs podcast we'll talk international politics um uh then i get uh the there's a couple guys that call in whenever we're talking about something. Usually when Iggy brings up masks or vaccines, uh, telling me, you know, yeah, you know, these are biologists calling in, telling me what's correct and not correct about <laughs> what, uh, what are you like, they really are biologists or you're mocking? No, I'm mocking the fact okay. that these guys are hilljack people who call in with their takes about
1: yeah the text inbox anytime that topic comes up Mm -hmm.
0: that's yeah that's i get about a third of that in the phone call uh not a third probably less than that but there's a good one or two uh call in for that sports take there's usually a couple guys that call in the thing is they do is they give a hot take and then they just i hear the click and they're done like it's over so they give their take and hang up and then yeah there's i have some what so they
1: like yell at you
0: yeah, but they're not like yelling at me personally. They're either yelling about like the Cardinals should sign Albert. This is bullshit. And then, and then they hang up. I'm like, glad you got that off your chest. Uh, or they're mad about like Doug, what Doug's take about the bullpen or something. And they call me and I don't really understand why. Um, but Hey, you know, do you. And a lot of times, like I can see the number pop up and there's certain guys I don't answer their calls. Cause, uh, I know what they're doing, like, and I don't have any. What,
1: what is that? See, I don't know what any. I don't know anything about. This. There's a guy I'm that talks a lot really with fast. The as you talk about this. the guy
0: that talks really fast, I'm sure you would recognize him if I. Oh
1: yeah, me. well that's a, that's an act.
0: Yeah, I know, and that's I just don't. I, yeah, good. Don't put that on. I don't like, ever. Like, if it's
1: real, I'm all for it. But that's an act. Yeah, I
0: never, I never like, even pick I mean, up his calls because it's ridiculous. Uh, and then there's other guys who, uh, there was the guy that texted your phone. He, he's active. Um, oh, he still is he calls in i never he i he knows i'll never put him on air um i hope he knows i'll never put him on air but he does call and he's like one of the main guys who gives a take and then clicks off so don't really yeah know.
1: that's that that that's one that makes me uncomfortable me too
0: that's why i that
2: that one makes and me i don't if i
0: see his caller id pop up i don't answer it but he can you can get around that cause oh, yeah, that's you get the private get or the, wireless number uh, thing. And yeah, I have you to get the
1: fake phone number.
0: So up, yeah, that's uh, that's always uncomfortable. But then sometimes I'll get calls from caller Ellen and she's so pleasant, lovely. And I enjoy talking with her or, uh, Steven would like today, pleasant to talk to him. And those people want to go on air. So like, it's obviously a quicker and easier thing, but there's some people who just call in like just one guy called in so inebriated the other day. Oh my God. Sauced. <laughs> He was like I got to take for the boys man I've been drinking all night. I was like no dude you're drunk. I'm not putting you on the air. He's like come on stop being a bitch. I was like all right I'm gonna drop. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> so I just hung up on him. I was like I can't do this anymore. Because sometimes like there's things that like my name gets called up and I'm in a 12 minute conversation with some Guy. like I can't do mm. it I just can't do it so sometimes I, I think, sometimes I I think like it.
1: that it's so now I mean would you have known that this goes on eight months ago when you were just listening to the show no. and not producing no, it? no
0: I would just think that like the three calls that come in every day that go on over the air would be the all the calls for
1: the yeah day. and it's just one of those things because that's the thing and I guess that's why I talk about it even though I recognize it's less than one percent of the audience it has to be yeah oh, like yeah an infinitesimal small amount of you know, it, it, you're talking about probably, you know, I don't even know, less than 50 people who have this kind of trait, mm-hmm. but, you know, it it does go on, it is, it is not pleasant, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the solution to it is, yeah. you know, quote-unquote john and overland (laughs) uh (laughs) i'm just more enamored by the overland thing yeah for real uh (laughs) but with the you know uh get rid of the fan page you know that could be somebody you know i mean i say i play it out like it's a poker hand like well is he blind from the fan page you know i mean Mm -hmm. but okay let's say that we did you know First off, with regards to the fan page, you know, I mean, let's see what we got here. I don't even know. I don't even know where I can see how many members there. Okay, it says 7,000 members. Um, you know, I mean, there, how many are actually active? Seems be about, uh, How like many 10. are, like, just my friends who, you know, when we started it, I just invited it. They accepted the request and then immediately turned it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say that's probably 3,000 of it. But whatever. Uh, but the point being, on the, on the fan page, like, how many people are problematic on the fan page?
0: Oh, like very few, probably. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Is that you're talking about very, very few. Same with like the, the, the calls or you know change your number thing. It's it's you know it's a very few issue. So then it gets into the is the juice worth the squeeze. So let's play it out. Let's say today I say to Nenzi, fan page moderator to the Stars, mm-hmm. we're shutting it down. What happens? Play it out, Jackson.
0: Uh, so the
1: fan page is just gone fan page goes
0: away. What happens? Uh one of the people who is very active starts another unofficial TMA fan page.
1: Okay. That's 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 accurate, but mm. what else happens?
0: Uh you get blamed for some <laughs> some sort of I don't know how they'll justify it, but you'll get blamed for it. Yes.
1: That and so I can't win.
0: Yeah, no. It's no win situation. So
1: that that's it. That's it. So it's either have it and then deal with some of the stuff mm-hmm. or don't have it and then be blamed for. And then that kind of turns into its own echo chamber because yep. um, that's what happened with the Inside STL message board. Mm-hmm. Which when we created this version of Inside STL, I don't know, six or seven years ago, Brendan Marks, who was, uh, who was in charge of the website, he was leading the, the redesign. And I thought it was going to be included. But I never went on the thing, so I didn't. I didn't even know. And I said, "Oh, and then you know, how's how's things going on the message board?" And he goes, "Oh, we just got rid of it." And I go, "Oh, you just got rid." And this was like a month after the thing been <laughs> up. And I go, "Is that right?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I haven't got any emails about it." I go, "Oh, okay. I haven't either. I didn't even know that it was gone." Yeah. But I know for the people who were on it, it was a handful of people, relatively speaking. They thought that that was like a fuck you to them. And in reality, and I, and listen, I honestly, I can't blame them for thinking that. It just isn't the case. So, with regards to the fan page, you know, I know some people, like, they view it as a place to hang out with people they've gotten to know and friends. And I don't, you know, that so they would be like, oh, you took that away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, the, the radio station, which pays, you know, everybody's paychecks on this show... uh You know, there are some things written about the radio station and those involved the radio station, as you might imagine, they don't enjoy and it can make things difficult at times. Um, Then there are things that are written that are accurate um, Mm -hmm. involving the radio station or the radio show. Yeah. And then you got that. But I don't read it all. And Nancy doesn't know what's right or wrong. And on top of that, he's, you know, he's a father and works, you know, just like everybody else. Not everybody's a father, but, you know, he's got other things going on. So then things that stay up there, if they don't get taken down by Facebook, and why would Facebook take down something about TMA or the radio station? They don't care. Uh, then it can look like we're just leaving it up there when in reality, you know, so you've got to have somebody who's monitoring everything. Well, that person, if, that's, if somebody's really, like, doing that as a job, then that person should be compensated. But there's mm-hmm. no revenue for the fan page. No. So it's a, you know, I don't make any money on the fan page. The station doesn't make any money on the fan page. So what, then somebody just out of the the, for the hell of it just starts paying money? Yeah. So I don't, so that's the issue. I don't have a solution to it. I don't know how big of a problem it is. It's a, it's maybe like once a month-ish headache. And sometimes the headache is something that goes on behind the scenes and isn't, isn't shared. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's something that is out in the open for everybody to see. Either way, I it, to me, if, if you're sitting there going, okay, you know you're going to have a problem if you keep it. You know you're going to have a problem if you take it away. It basically becomes, what's the bigger problem? And to me, the bigger problem becomes shutting it down. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. it yeah. It's not like, oh, this will be the solution. I think it's a bigger problem to shut it down. And again, just like with my phone number and changing my phone number, you're talking about of the number of people who are active. And like I said, I think you're talking about I don't even know what the right number would be. And when I say active, I'm talking reading and also posting. Posting, you're talking about. I don't even know ten percent. Yeah. But reading, I think you're talking probably in the thirty to forty percent of the people. You know, the quote-unquote seven thousand. Um. How many are how many are causing problems? And you're I don't even know. I don't even know off the top of my head whose name I would say. Yeah. Uh. So I. It's like okay. So then it's the throwing the. The baby out with the bathwater thing. Yeah. So I get it. I get, I get the question. And if you did hear that voicemail and you're like, Oh shit, this really is weird. And he really does deal with some weird shit that is kind of scary. You're correct in that sense, but changing my phone number isn't going to change that. And just deleting the fan page isn't going to change that. And I would actually say, I don't think the change of the phone number thing could intensify it, but I think deleting the fan page could intensify it for sure. So that's, that's the thought process on it, um, and, and, and and really, if you take a step back and the thing's been around now for five years, I think it's been it's had a hell of a lot greater good mm-hmm. than problems. Yeah, you know, it, the 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 weird stuff, and this is stuff that Nenzi deals with more than I do, are people who like write these manifestos about wanting to get back on the thing, and he's just like, wow, this is really kind of uncomfortable. How would you like me to handle?
0: This? Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs>
1: but as far as what goes on on a day-to-day basis, you know, it's, it's a group of people. Some like the show. Some certainly don't. Um, but, you know, it's, from, my, from my standpoint, unless I'm missing something completely, uh, and I think if something were really an issue, either Nancy or somebody else would let me know about it, I don't really think it's, it, at least as of this moment, that it's, that it's a, a problem you know yeah and also my phone number you know if people have it and they want to like call and leave me weird messages you know i mean super change weird my phone number and then have to reach out to a bunch of people and say hey i've changed my phone number
0: yeah
2: it's, a it's almost too.
1: like it's not it's like if this guy just wants to call me and harass me during the show and say whatever that i don't even know what it was something about tiger woods um yeah. there's really here's a here's a new phenomenon on tma i don't know if you've noticed this but if you've only got whatever seven months or so under your belt uh-huh. the anger from again we're talking about you know a decimal point of the audience when iggy talks about golf yeah oh man if you noticed that
0: yeah he uh he kind of gets dragged sometimes when,
1: uh, <laughs> when he starts is, talking about golf people because really it's, it's different than like the text like kind of like roasting him yeah when he goes into <laughs> Like <laughs> some golf discussion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. Now if we had I don't even know what an example would be because really none of us are all that into sports, not to fucking ruin the whole mirage, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> but For real? you know. Um I, I guess I guess maybe you talking about the NBA. You know, if like you were like seriously having a conversation yeah. um, you know, about the Knicks and Hawks, as we kind of jokingly did briefly mm-hmm. with the uh, Robert Sala, Sala, Sela, Sala uh, police escort and the Mad Dog Audio. Yeah, um, you know, and really started breaking down that series and how you know the the Jazz fell behind 1-0, but now they're on the verge of winning in five, or yeah. you know the Lakers and Suns are, you know, tied up, and you know is Anthony Davis going to play? All the all you know, actually getting into it, mm-hmm. that would also have anger. Oh yeah. So okay, so then I ask the question why now with that before you go there
0: <laughs> no no i won't go there
1: i know the reason on that one yeah the golf one why does that cause the anger because if we were to sit there now here's the difference i i watched last night the game seven between the leafs and canadiens mm-hmm. i watched almost all of it mm-hmm. game sevens in the stanley cup playoffs i'm in it can be fucking predators and hurricanes and i'm watching it but you have you know, two original six franchises, basically two nations unto themselves with, mm-hmm. you know, Ontario and Quebec and yeah. Montreal and Toronto playing and Toronto's on the verge of blowing and then they do blow a 3-1 series lead. And what that means for that organization, which is just, I mean, God tortured considering its history, you know, but sure. its history's a long time ago. Um, and by the way... I know you're not the person to ask since you thought Patrick Waugh was in between <laughs> the pipes for the Bruins two years ago. This is just my own thing. It, it, have, have the Leafs replaced like the Cubs, Red Sox, and Blues? Yeah. As far as, and I know nobody would have included the Blues in there nationally, but locally we would have. Cubs and Red included. Sox, yeah. I know, but I mean they've won now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I know the Leafs won, but they haven't won in so damn long. And they kind of are starting to get into this, you know, Cubs like, Red Sox like, blues like motherfuckers of situations in the postseason.
0: Yeah, it'd be the Leafs and then the Leafs, I'm sorry, to the hockey fans out there. Thank and you. uh the Cleveland Indians are probably have Yeah. Have joined nice that. Have joined that now that they've been like good for a couple of years but still can't close it out. So I think those would be your top two if the
1: cowboys have this going on for another three decades yeah
0: for sure uh other than that all the teams Cause, cause again,
1: I'm, I'm matching attempting to match prestige with failure to win no doubt you know like if you want to bring up the marlins it's like oh nobody really cares
0: the dodgers kind of snapped it last year they were kind of boring yeah they were
1: they were but again i think i think similar to the cowboys the dodgers had won and most people who are currently around yeah in, or even even if they even if you're in your 20s, it wasn't like they hadn't won since the 40s. I mean, it was 1988. The mess. but they were there every single year, and it seemed like Clayton Kershaw was having yeah. an issue every single October. Yeah. So I th- yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. But the anyway, the, the premise on the discussion was the 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 anger from you know essentially like my phone number thing and getting rid of the fan page and anger. Um, if we would have broken down the Leafs and Canadians, it wouldn't get the same amount of anger as Iggy talking about, you know, the Charles Schwab or you talking about the Hawks and Knicks. Why is that?
0: Well, I think we kind of answered our own question there. Uh, hockey fans sometimes are a little upset when the big storyline of the day isn't talked about per se and something which they may view trivial.
1: But the big story around the country, Uh what's a bigger deal? I'll include North America because I realize I'm setting a Canadian series here. But what's a bigger deal? The Hmm. NBA is a bigger deal than the NHL. Now, Mm -hmm. I personally can't get enough of the Stanley Cup playoffs, personally. But this isn't about... like I I obviously am a huge golf fan, but I also recognize in the pecking order of the three, I would imagine anyway, Uh that it's... You know, the NBA playoffs, then the Stanley Cup playoffs, and assuming it's not a major, then golf.
2: Yeah, you I know? would Now, say...
1: this time last week, you had Mickelson winning the PGA Championship, different deal. No doubt. But the Charles Schwab and Jason Kokrak, I mean, who in the hell knows who Jason I know who he is, yeah. but of the average sports fan, they don't know who the hell he is. No. But again, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, I don't get, you know, I, we, we don't like have guys going, hey, how come you're not fucking talking about Charles
2: Schwab? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah.
1: So I, I'm trying to understand it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to to understand. I do think the obvious mm-hmm. on the NBA thing is the—and it's not. It's certainly not everybody. Plenty no. of people who aren't bigots just don't like the NBA. For sure. You know, or There's don't plenty get of basketball into basketball
0: fans who don't like the NBA.
1: Right. So it's just not—you don't just go, oh, well, you don't like the NBA. You must be a racist. No, that would be never. ridiculous. Um, but I'm just trying to understand, like, why— the golf discussion is met, like, with what the fuck are you doing? Like, if you listen to this show, you know we talk about nonsense. Yeah. I think we touched on a guy who's in the mix for the Cy Young, probably not the Cy Young because right now it's DeGrom, but Uh – you know, an all star starter and Jack Flaherty getting sure. hurt last night. The Cardinals playing the defending world champions, first place Cardinals against a Dodgers team that you would at very least think will be in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be in the NOS winners. And we touched on it for like a minute and a half, maybe. In the second hour. In the second hour. There was no anger about that. But the moment the Charles Schwab comes up or the moment the Knicks and Hawks come up.
0: Yeah, anger, anger. Yeah,
1: and so I'm trying to understand that. Yeah, and I and I and I'm I'm asking, and I know you don't have the answer per se, Mm -hmm. but these are the kinds of things for whatever reason fascinate me. Yeah, when I don't really have an answer for it. Yeah, like why that? Like because when we talk about you know what what this email is about with with me changing my number on the fan page, it's like I get that because you heard that and you're like, holy shit! It's like if you want to cite a tweet,
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: in reality, that's one tweet out of you know. Yeah. millions of twitter users you can't build a whole premise on that with this this isn't just like one t- it's pretty consistent the nba thing the there were a few people saying hey have you talked about the leafs and Canadians yet i actually i'm sure i'm the only i don't know i'm sure i'm the only person who watched it but i can't imagine most people are watching it uh on our show this morning mm-hmm. i mean i know iggy wasn't i know you weren't i mm-hmm. don't think doug was because he was driving back and he said he couldn't stay up for the Cardinals and Dodgers, so I can't <laughs> imagine he was no. watching the Leafs and Canadiens, and I don't know Brocchio's viewing habits. So I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who watched And I'm like, if I can fucking break it down. I just think it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, those two-storied franchises. But it's a Game 7, and the Leafs were up 3-1.
2: No doubt.
1: Uh, but the, Bruin, the Bruins, I feel like every time the Bruins play, they're either winning or losing in overtime. They lost in overtime last night. I watched that. The Avs and... Petrangelo and Golden Knights, I'll watch that. I enjoy watching Stanley Cup playoff hockey. But if I were listening to a show and somebody weren't talking about what I like or they were talking about something that I don't like, what is it psychologically (laughs) that leads to an angry text or phone call to the producer? I'm trying to understand that. I'm asking. Again, this is me just kind of like, but at the same time, i'd also know the audience doesn't know that this goes on
2: yeah
0: so it's a nice little peek behind the curtain that
1: it's a peek behind the curtain but again i'm trying to understand it like the nba thing has always ever since i've done radio it's always been there mm-hmm. uh but the new thing has been like the anger toward higgy Hig- 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 when he starts talking about golf which is different than what are about i would say three quarters of the text which are Basically everybody doing their own Jeffrey Ross on Iggy yep. for three hours. That's mm-hmm. kind of good natured yeah, ripping. ripping. Yeah. You know, this, the golf thing, is anger. Yeah. And I, I, I want to make it clear. It's not like there's like a hundred or, or so of these a day, but there's a decent amount similar to, you know, the fuck Jackson, you and the NBA. <laughs> like Steven Wilde and I were texting about we're talking I don't even know what the fuck, we we're texting about something else. Uh and then he goes, "I can't explain it, but I really do have an irrational dislike for Jackson watching
0: the NBA." I honestly can't understand that for the life of me. That's so weird. To and
1: me. I knew the moment you said it that it was going to be an issue.
0: Yeah, I guess I now I, I now I don't have
1: an explanation for it. For sure. I just, but I don't, I don't know if that, I don't know, and I feel like you can't compare it to like South Florida mm-hmm. because, first off, so many people who live here you know if anything they 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 grew up in the northeast yeah um so it's a different deal and on top of it you know after now living here for you know approaching six months i get why you don't watch sports you don't want to be inside you're living you're outside Mm -hmm. you know like there's no way in the fucking the the marlins could be the greatest team in the world i wouldn't fucking care the panthers are a great team or were they already got shipped by the lightning but uh you know, nobody gave a shit. And they're yeah. like forty minutes from where I am. Yeah,
0: ho- sunrise, sun. Sunrise.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, it's just it. Just, it nobody. Ca- it's just because. It, it, but that's the the thing. It's kind of like now. I guess I have a better understanding of what goes on, like from from an LA standpoint, because you have weather and other things to do. For sure. The the, the culture of the area isn't it, whether one likes it when it is or doesn't like it when it is is not determined by the sports teams, mm-hmm. and so. You know, uh, so I, it's, if if like I were doing a show in you know it's, there's an ESPN affiliate in West Palm Beach, and I started talking about some topic, I don't know if people are like what the fuck the Marlins played this weekend.
0: No one no, we not give a shit. <laughs> no So give I'm, a
1: trying a- to, I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to psychoanalyze. This is the stuff that actually gets my this and lesbianism gets my synapses fire. I'm trying to understand how this you know how how and why it is. That you not watching the Blues and instead watching the NBA was going to be a problem. I knew the moment you said it, it was going to be a problem. But that now I take a step back as to why. Not saying I had a problem with it, but I knew there would be a problem. The question is why, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Yeah. because I think if the Cardinals were playing a playoff game, and the end, and you and I don't know what else would be in the playoffs at that moment other than baseball. Yeah, yeah but you said you were going to watch like NBA opening night. You know, mm-hmm. I think pe- I think it would be like Jackson's such a fucking dork or something like that. Yeah. I don't think it would be
0: anger. No, I agree with you. Okay, 100%. so you agree with me. So yeah. you
1: see this even though you've kind of only been privy to behind the curtains for seven months.
0: No, yeah, I picked up on it quickly when I would talk about Mizzou basketball. Because <laughs> that really got people's dander up because once again— Now, uh,
1: that's it.
2: that
0: gets
1: people's dander—I didn't know that got people's dander up.
0: Well, I think people— I think they're more like mocking it because
1: it's for sure. so bad.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know— w- Mizzou hoops will get there. Don't don't you worry. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, I think they inferred that like, oh, this kid's really watching a lot of Mizzou basketball. He's probably not watching a lot of hockey. I never really talked about hockey. And then once the blues, and I finally said like, yeah, I don't watch the blues at all. uh, People confirmed it. And then I was like, oh man, this is like a basketball guy. And I think, and this is my, my psychoanalysis. Hockey a word of the
1: day. You can title this podcast Psychoanalysis. Perfect. You're always looking for titles. I you got it for this episode. Love it. Love psychoanalysis it. Psychoanalysis of the Angry Sports Fan.
0: Love it. Oh, God. Right. Perfect. Um, and then you can use
1: that picture that the Plowhawk uses for his Twitter oh, avatar with that guy in the Pirates jacket.
0: Things are coming together. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I'm excited. I really am. We're living an exciting time.
0: Hockey fans, and I have no data to back this up, skew a little older, I would assume.
1: I oh, I think you're off here. Okay, I, th- I think you're off,
0: and I think basketball fans skew younger. I think
1: I think you're I think you're off on that. I, th- I think I think nationally on basketball fans I would agree on the younger part. I disagree on the hockey
0: thing. Okay, well I think in St. Louis, then I think St. Louis diehard hockey fans tend to skew a bit older.
1: I think I think you're wrong, and I'm going to add a word where I think we're going to be in agreement. Mm-hmm. Vocal, comma, angry hockey fan.
0: Got it. Yeah, you nailed it right on the head right there.
1: So the- because I think I think there might be oh, I don't know, more, but I think the, 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 I mean because of well you're gonna see it over the next decade or two with those who you know were mm-hmm. seven eight nine ten years old when 2019 happened uh, they will forever just like me with 82 and the Cardinals forever live and die with the Blues because of that but I mean the Blues. You know, basically, I've had a decade going back to, I mean, 2009, they were in there, but 2012, and it was like kind of near misses. Um, And then from, you know, 90, I mean, a bunch of the 90s, they had that playoff streak all the way up through 2004, where it was just near misses. You have a lot of people who are younger who live and die for the Blues because it was a, it was, and for me, I associate the hockey playoffs with warmer weather. And so it automatically puts me in a good mindset, but I would love it. Mm. The intensity of it. One of the things that was taken away with that leafs Canadiens game is that it was empty, I think, or because it was played in Canada. Yeah. And I think it was either empty or it was very lightly attended, whereas you turn on the Bruins and the Islanders and the thing's packed. It's great. Yeah. The energy's back. And that's one of the things that separates. It's like, yeah, the Blues lost, but in a way it was kind of like when they lost to the Canucks last August. It was just kind of like, I don't know people are there, but not mm-hmm. many people. They were never in the series. It just was kind of like a... It's like the Cardinals and Nationals in the NLCS. It's like, yeah, the Cardinals were in the NLCS, but they weren't really ever in the series. Same thing there. The energy of the crowd watching or being at a Stanley Cup playoff game, I don't know if I can compare it to anything else in sports. I really And again, this is coming from somebody who will be first in line with, I can i couldn't have any less interest in the regular season of the NHL. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's, 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 an absolute, it's the absolute opposite. I won't. I probably won't watch. You know, fuck. I don't know who's going to be in the ALCS, but <laughs> whoever's in the ALCS, I doubt I watch it. Yeah. I doubt I watch it
0: unless I had action on it. I don't see my, I don't see me watching it either. And even if I, I did, I, but like
1: I'll a, watch. You Fox know, I, well, it's not really the Eastern Conference this year because whoever wins the Canadian Series plays the winner of the uh, Avalanche and Golden Knights. Uh-huh. So that could have been weird. You would have the Blues and Canadiens playing, but not playing for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that'd which, be really weird. Uh, but that that that's the way that it's going to work for, well, to either be Winnipeg or Montreal. But anyway, um, yeah, on the psychoanalysis of it, I don't understand it. I just know it's there. You know it's there. I don't know if people in the audience know it's there, but it is something that is it is there. And I don't know what that's about. But, you know, I mean, this is something that we've talked about in the past. And the only thing I can draw a line to, but it's different now because with radio music radio, it's so so different but in the 90s or 2000s before iPods and Spotify and Pandora and so on if you didn't hear a song that you liked would you have called the radio station no I would imagine the answer is no no but uh, you know but th- with this this is something that we've kind of seen for a long time mm-hmm. But specifically the NBA thing. This is not like we've ever really had anybody on the show who's been like, no, I'm not watching the NBA. I'm not watching the Blues. I'm watching the NBA playoffs. I mean, that was a <laughs> that was a you know that was a distinct moment in show history. <laughs> yeah. Even though for you, you were just like telling us of your plans. Uh, you didn't think you were doing it. I knew. I'm like, oh my god, this motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I could bullshit. He has no yeah, idea could,
2: what he just did. Yeah, I could
0: bullshit and be like, yo, I'm watching the Blues game tonight. No, but I no, think, can't but wait. to me, I th- I appreciate that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's honest. Yeah. No, I'm not You know, it, it, What do you have to apologize for? Exactly. That's it's the way not I a think fucking it. sports show. I don't want to tell you. You can tell me it is all day long. Uh-huh. I own it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's on a sports talk station, I guess. But, I mean, up until a few months ago, Frank Opinion, who will be the first one to say he didn't do sports, uh was an afternoon drive, and we're in um, or, and we're morning drive. Yeah. We're just a fucking show that occasionally will talk about sports if something gets us going. Otherwise, you know, who I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. No, I
2: know.
0: It's tough because, like, my friends who don't listen to the show, and they'll meet me, and they'll be like, so you produce a, a sports talk show? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what sports do you talk about? I was like, well, we don't really talk about any sports. I mean, <laughs> it's a sports format, but, I mean, if an interesting topic pops up, we're going to talk about it if it's about anything. So that's kind of how it is.
1: That's, and that's, and that's the thing. What are, it, it, the rule? I don't even know why I call it a rule. It's really a guiding light. Mm-hmm. God help you if you're looking to get into this business. But if you are in here is, here is what I can tell you. First, number one the thing that I said a little earlier, your, your value is, do you mobilize an audience to deliver a return on investment for clients? If the answer is yes. You can play the game if the answer is no, do not even bother entering to play the game. Mm-hmm. You will lead to a life of poverty and working nights and weekends and it will be miserable. It is it, it's just it's I'm trying to save people. All right. There that's that's number 1 as far as actual show content goes. This is and I think I said this to the guys on the show, you know, a few years ago I said as long as one of the six of us is into the topic, and I don't give a fuck who it is. Mm-hmm. If one of the six of us, just one, ideally two, but if just one is into the topic, it's going to work. Yep, it's going to work. But if we're just going, okay, well, we got to talk about the Cardinals. Did anybody watch it? No. Okay, then I'll just read Derek Gould's story and kind yeah. of half. It's, it's it's bad radio. Yep. And well, I mean, bad bad radio is subjective. It's it's. It's energy-less radio. Yeah. It is not engaging radio. And from my standpoint, I think the audience can tell that the people talking about it don't give a fuck, didn't watch it, take your pick of whatever it is. And it's almost insulting to them to try to pass it off like you did so from my standpoint, I have a great deal of respect for what you did. I don't think it was, like, really courageous No, it wasn't brave. Se. No, I was just being honest. Not to say that you were calling it courageous, but in the moment when you said it, I'm like, oh, man, this poor motherfucker has no <laughs> idea what he just did. And it's yeah. like I knew what you were in for before you did. <laughs>
0: no doubt. No doubt. I hear that. Uh, it's just, like, to me, and I get, like, people like, oh, the NBA is this, that, and the other thing, and I'm not really going to go into, like, oh, no, the NBA plays hard defense. Just basketball is like an art form to me. Like, I love basketball. It's my favorite sport. I think when it's done correctly, it's one of the most beautiful games you can play. So in the NBA playoffs, they play really hard, so I watch it. And I get people who love hockey, and they watch it all the time. And God bless, because everyone likes different things, man. But, like... I don't really understand why someone would actually like Stephen Wilde would said, like irrationally angry at Yeah, someone, he
1: acknowledges it's irrational. Yeah.
0: Choosing to be like, oh no, this is like actually like you can't like you shouldn't do be doing this. Like I I can't get past that point. Like I can understand being mad that you're not watching a local team, but I can't get the the real anger of why someone is watching not not watching hockey and watching the NBA. I don't
1: get it. it but it, 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 Now, it's dissipated. I also think in part it's dissipated. I think I said this on the radio. Mm-hmm. But because in 2009, I think, when 101 ESPN came along, those people, and by that I mean people who like live and die for sports, mm-hmm. they had a place for it. Yeah. And so a lot of that that we used to deal with when KFNS was the only sports station, or I guess 1380 when we were there briefly, they were like, "What do you? How can you not talk about? It? You know, they, they, well at least they talk sports, and it's like that's an old thing. That's definitely an old. Thing. You, know, you don't hear somebody who's twenty say that, or at least somebody twenty and you know, yeah, somebody would want to hang out with saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's you know, at least they talk about sports. It, great, good. <laughs> I, it's not. I, it's fine. It's not yeah. an insult. I don't care. I mean, we I, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's, just not, it's we just don't care. We're yeah. doing a show. Are people listening? Are we mobilizing an audience to give our advertisers a return on investment? Are we enjoying ourselves? If we're checking all of those boxes, we're good. Yep. So that's it. And clearly, you know, I mean, you know, I guess I can say the numbers freak themselves. I know the audience doesn't know the numbers. You see the numbers, Jackson. I yep. know the numbers with regard to advertising dollars. You know, we're good. We're good. So, it, but, but at the same time, if somebody doesn't like it, I get it. It's not like I'm like, how the fuck can't you enjoy this wonderful cuck talk? I get it. (laughs) It's not for everybody. Yeah. I get that people admit they listen to this show like they're they're admitting that they solicited a 19-year-old boy on the corner of a state street. For real. It's like a little secret. It's like everyone's little secret. I understand all of those things, and that's totally cool. But if you hate it, that's fine. I assure you it will not impact our day. Nope so feel free but it's not that's not like a taunting i'm just saying it just doesn't matter mm-hmm. and i think for the most part it, i think for the most part compare, it still goes on but it goes on less what i am observing that i'm trying to figure out is the why of just the little amount that does go on cuz that does fascinate me it's not like i'm like hey stop texting in your angry text at jackson (laughs) about his like of the nba or hey stop texting in your angry text to iggy when he talks about the golf tournament you know or him playing golf you know i I, I'm, i'm why because if the show you know what though? I have to say I'm catching myself here. I'm guy who discovers take mid take.
2: Love
1: it. When Raby <laughs> I do I do kind of like that. <laughs> uh, you know what for our next best of, Martin Kilcoin did a he kind of did there's three different types of like new hosts. There's begging for calls
2: guy.
1: <laughs> there's go- God, there's begging for calls guy. I, I don't know if the other there was three of them. Begging for calls, guy was one of them. Guy who discovers his opinion in the middle of his opinion.
0: <laughs> that's, I feel like that's the lion's share of take take Smiths. <laughs> if you're at take Smiths,
1: and then there was another one, and that's I've been Martin. I know it's I say it over and over again. And listen, it's not that anybody is better than anybody else. Just yeah. from my standpoint, Martin like checks all the boxes on. I mean, he He's will so give a good. great opinionated. Uh, you know, opinionated opinion. Nice fucking hosting asshole. Opinionated opinion. um, But I mean, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's and he doesn't and he doesn't kiss any fucking rings. Doesn't have to kiss any rings. Doesn't fucking care, which makes him lethal. Yeah, he's just incredible. And, And I'm talking about across the board. Like if Martin were in the spot I've been in. Since Inside STL took over this, the content of the their ownership of the show, and he were in charge of Inside STL, I don't know what the hell would happen. It would have been a hell of a lot more entertaining for the audience because the <laughs> shit I've kept inside the room, he just he's like that gif of the guy with the fucking flamethrower. Oh, yeah. needs to be moving back and forth, well, just and have it. Pe- Oh my god. But yeah, guy who discovers his take on the air, <laughs> begging for calls guy, and maybe it was angry guy, I don't know, faking like you're angry guy. Yeah, funny of that. Oh, either way. Um, well, I was discovering a take mid-take. Oh, yeah. When when Doug was out last week, and it was me and Raby, and <laughs> when he was actually connected, mm. and we were talking, we we actually did have kind of some detailed sports discussion.
0: Yeah. No doubt. I, I was talking to my dad about that. I was like, I think like we like, and I I know like there was some obvious audio issues, but like Raby and Tim did like, I thought a really, some really good breakdowns, like some really thorough breakdowns too, of like, not just, you know, like the Cardinals bullpen, but like the Tony situation and, the view in the national media of it. I thought that was a really awesome discussion. That,
1: see, that, I, I enjoy that because that's not like, yeah, you know, the Cardinals, they really have a bullpen situation unless yeah. it's one of the three guys that, that Shield's comfortable going to. And then what's going on, you know? And DeYoung comes back. Do you leave Sosa in there? You know, what do you do with the deadline? You know, and then I get people riled up. I said, the Cardinals have to go out and make a deadline move because they don't spend any money. And then you get, you know, that standard jerk off play. Yeah. That bores the shit out of me. I have zero interest For in sure. doing it. But something like where I'm kind of like going into here's what I really think is going on with the criticism of Tony Russa I think it's guys who are critical of the hire going, oh, fuck, I got to still justify my criticism of the hire, even though they're in first place. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm going to make a huge deal out of this, you know, take your pick of whatever it is with Mercedes, Lancelin, whatever. Anyway, what I was getting to, and I can't believe I'm actually remembering my point, which has to be like, (laughs) I'm batting about 100 with that when I go off on something, Mm -hmm. is this, and maybe you saw it, Jackson, Uh when Raby and I were having these... Legitimate, actually legitimate sports discussions. What was happening in the text inbox?
0: Uh, anger. Yes. Yep. Anger. 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 What? What? A lot of what? The fuck is this kind of right.
1: text? Right. Like, what the, what the fuck, you know, Raby like, comes on, he ruins the show, as if, as if like, Doug's the guy who doesn't want to talk sports. <laughs> yeah, I see like, Doug. Doug's the guy who goes, no sports today, cucking only. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you heard in the Best Of, there was a foot fetish Friday with a porn star, and Doug is talking about the best goalies of all time. Isn't that the greatest? Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I do need to go back and listen to that Best Of. I, I will truly laugh my ass off, and I just no. never go back and listen to the show. No. Wouldn't it be weird, though, if we went back and listened to the show? Yeah. You go back and listen to the show now that you're hosting or producing. Not really.
0: Whenever someone says that, like, Iggy's mic's full of bass, I'll go check my car every once in a while <laughs> to hear that, and I don't really hear it, so I don't. Yeah, so really it's not It's not a case of a disdain for the show. No, it's just you. we hear it live, so what's the point of listening right, to Right, but I right?
1: really, when people email in, like, like I think Marco Berrelli texted me on Memorial Day, he's like, got to do best ofs more often or best ofs month a month, and I'm like, okay, and that was, like, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I go, all right, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm like, oh, yeah, we had a best of this morning. Like, it yeah. didn't even – it's, it's not even on my mind. Uh-huh. But it, we love the show. Well, I really do love the show. Yeah. Doug, sure. I think, is more confused by the love of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not an act. No. Now, he enjoys doing it. Don't get me wrong. For sure. But he he's confused by it. And I, and I think there's some other things that, you know, that I don't even know how to, I can properly say them. But, you know – um, you know, he knows we've had some like eight foot putts we've had to sink in order to keep things going, so to speak.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he's been, uh, but but yeah, as far as like you know, fine like I think he is confused slash fascinated by the passion. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. th- th- I think that because he's just like it's just the, the group of guys is bullshitting and yeah. doing essentially the same thing every day. Yep. And he's, you know, he made he did a career, you know, a career where he's been on television in one market, I think the longest or second longest next to Rich Gould, uh-huh. and more people come up to him and yell "Free dotum to him, even yeah. though he's been on television for what thirty four years, I think, yeah, in the
2: with same his market. Whole so I think
0: that's what face and body, and not just his voice too. Yeah, so. it's just a it's
1: an amazing thing. Um, all right, I want to uh, tell the audience about Restoration One of louis dot com. That is uh, Jim Rogers, and I had an issue. With water in our basement, and I'm going to take myself back to it, because that way I'm going to be able to deliver a wonderful endorsement. God, that was awful. When you walk down the stairs, mm-hmm. and we had just gotten the basement finished relatively, I don't think it was the year before, but it was the two years before. And it's kind of like became, it's become our living quarters. Um, and everything's there's water, and it continues to rise. And you have, it's not something you go, okay, well we'll get to this tomorrow. You have to tend to it immediately. You have to. You don't have a mm-hmm. choice yeah, because things sure. are getting damaged, and you're also you don't you don't know when or if you're going to come out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So you have to have somebody. So when I, that was going on, I didn't know what to do. I called James Carleton three one four nine six one forty eight hundred, and it was a Saturday night too. And he was on t- he was on a plane, and he was like DMing me or texting me from the plane god bless him mm-hmm. um and i think james is the one who gave me jim's number jim rogers at restoration one and jim comes over i mean it's just uh, he's so good he saved the day but the thing is about the water in the basement thing is uh, what happens is some gets left behind if you don't get it properly dried out it leads to mold mold behind the walls drywall yeah. baseboards and then again you, you got a whole nother situation now you got a monster problem and the basement might be you know, mostly dry, but if you have mold, it's not over. Make sure it gets taken care of with Jim Rogers of Restoration, one of Central St. Louis, 314-565-1962. Jim Rogers, Restoration, one of Central St. Louis. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. Uh, Jackson, I've been leaning on you since you are actually working with him on your uh, portfolio, For sure. which is, of course, strong to quite strong. Absolutely. I've been talking with him about a variety of things. Uh-oh. Um and, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so, t- like, how do I, like, distinguish what it is that he's, he's become an advisor, but beyond financial.
2: Yeah.
0: it's like- And you sit
1: there and you go, what are you doing? But it's just, it's just who he is. Yeah. And so then people in the financial industry who then have gotten to know him go, yeah, there really is something different now like they're like no it's weird they're like it's just it's so unique for our industry uh-huh. because you know naturally listen if i were in that industry you want people with the, the most wealth possible investing with you that's that's because you're going to get a larger cut of course uh-huh. that's business never get mad about somebody you know practicing business doing it ethically god bless them to each their own but mark's way of doing his business is to really get to know his clients and yep. understand because everybody's goals are different. Yep, my goals have changed here within the last like year, mm-hmm. um, and, and they and then they then they can change again and the world changes. And so it's important that your financial advisor uh, is aware of all of the different circumstances. And so it's it's like a con- it's almost like a therapy session. Yeah, um, for real. I, mean, I don't know if that he necessarily want me saying that, <laughs> but that's how I feel about it. And yeah. I think it's a great thing. He cares, uh, and so you know you're in good hands, and everybody needs a financial advisor. I'm so, so passionate. It's my quest here on the podcast and the radio show. Work with Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. You'll be happy it did. Action Jackson has started doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is online at evergreenwealthstrategies, evergreenstl.com. It's Strategies, and his number is 314-889-0503. That's 314 889 Zero three. And finally, Seth Goldcamp, design air, heating, and cooling. Here's another person I feel strongly about and I've worked with. Andy installed uh, this 2021 train special, the same one that uh, put in my home. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, 16 sear air conditioning. Anna Marie, you know, changes the temperature in the house from her phone, you know, with... Mm-hmm. The, you have an issues. You know that you can be the $17 a month maintenance program with Design Air Heating and Cooling. Just the absolute best. Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show and the Ryan Kelly Morning After, online at DesignAirService.com. Um, all right, hey Tim. Enjoyed your discussion about the freeze burnout and the life of an athlete. I feel like you rattled through a few different topics very quickly: youth standouts, burnout, championship hangover, etc. I'm not trying to give a book report assignment, but the very beginning of the book, Outliers, by Malcolm Gladwell, thank you for the delicious fries guy, talks about how the majority of players in a Canadian junior hockey all-star game were born in January, February, March. He digs into the idea that they're the oldest kids in youth hockey and are obviously better, get groomed, promoted, so it's a positive feedback situation. On the flip side, Blaine Gabbert played up a year in middle school football. And even in seventh grade, and he was in sixth grade, it was evident that he was something special. The Gabbert family is definitely the rebuttal to the argument that kids need to play all sports. Perhaps they're an outlier. Regardless, I think the topic's very interesting, especially as somebody who has a son who is interested in sports and seemingly very fast. That comes from Icky Peter. Have I talked about my son being fast, or is Icky Peter talking about his son being fast? I think he's
0: talking about his son being
1: fast. Okay,
0: all right, (laughs) I'm like... I don't think he's seen Jameson's 40 splits.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, I don't think I've talked about it. I try not to uh-huh. go in. I'm, uh, anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, digressing. That I think that was one of the topics I had with Raby. I think that was, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't think that was something we talked about on the podcast. So, Peter. Um. So, with all of that said, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the discussion on it because I do think that it's something that is going on more now than 20 years ago. And for me, I guess mine would be 25 years ago. I loved playing baseball at Afton Athletic Association. Mm -hmm. If it was the day before a day where we had a game, I was already happy. And then it got to a point, that was like the late 80s, maybe early 90s, some of the early 90s. And then it got to a point where I was part of a... We called it SLABA, I don't know if it's still around, St. Louis Amateur Baseball Association. I played for the Sabres, which is a good team. I wasn't really an active participant. I did enjoy gobstoppers on the bench every game. Though. Mm, good treat. And, uh, and it was like we had like 60 games. And I'm like, oh, I don't like baseball anymore. <laughs> I'm no good. I'm not good enough to hang with this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's also now it's become more, it's like I chore. don't even know. It's like a chore. It, yeah it just it just was not fun and i have no idea what happened i because i think if i enjoyed it i think i would have loved playing 60 games mm-hmm. like at st gabriel's as much we joke about st gabriel grade school basketball i don't know if it's still going on now but i mean it seems like god we would have games four times a week and it was the greatest mm-hmm. and we were good uh, and, and in a startling development for my height, I was good. I wasn't playing at Ledoux like you were, Jackson, but mm-hmm. I was, you know, for that. And it was fun. It's a neighborhood thing. You know, it's it's just, it was, that was super fun. But then it got to not being fun and there was burnout. But I don't know if if the if it was a chicken or egg. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start talking about a David Freeze, I didn't realize until I was reading Benjamin Hockman's book, which I would recommend, on um, the 2011 Cardinals that Freeze was this Blaine Gabbert-like guy with baseball early on. I didn't know that. Um, I had no idea, actually, until I read that. And if I did, I just didn't remember it. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: And then he got burnout. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not just like a default clicking to golf. Mm-hmm. I, but I feel like burnout is more common in golf. Yeah. You agree with this?
0: I've seen, I know a couple kids who are like who were amazing at golf kind of get burnt out because you play, you know, when it's winter time, that's when you're traveling to the warm cities to, if you live in St. Louis, that's when you're traveling to warm cities to go play, uh, golf. And then if, you know, the summer comes, you're playing a tournament every weekend and then practicing, like you're on the PGA tour and then your high school season comes up. And I mean, it's so much golf. You never get a break. And, it's easy to get burnt out because the game itself is naturally frustrating and uh,
1: yeah, it's tough. It's tough you on kids. You could probably, pla- I, I would imagine, like, you plateau. For sure. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure the parent element can come into play, most likely the dad. Um, but I don't know. That might not be a fair statement. I don't know. Um, I, I I can't picture moms like screaming at their kids or whatever, you know, I I don't see it anyway. And obviously, you know, if if you are going to be playing and trying to get to a a place being in this particular area where I am, I see a lot of it. I don't see moms like I'm like, you know, with the kids on the range, you know, even at the point of my son's age at three. Mm -hmm. And he goes out with me when I play and we'll play like it, as they call it, the golden hour, you know, seven o'clock. It's just the greatest fucking thing ever. It is truly absolute paradise Mm -hmm. nobody out there it's just me and my son and part of me is like you know get off my fucking phone and Mm -hmm. swing a club but then i'm like it's not it's if he doesn't want to do it i don't want to make him do it yeah and and, because then 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 even though it's not something that anybody's conscious of then there is an associate there's a negative association with it Mm -hmm. and i just want to spend time with my son i'm happy and and the chances of him becoming you know a great golfer, much less somebody who's, you know, playing even high school for that matter, but college golf or something like that. I mean, if he wants to do it, great, you know, but mm-hmm. if he doesn't, I don't want to like just be like, you know, Earl Woodsing him. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. And I've, I've kind of liked just, but it, I think it's more because I'm like, we're out here, it's beautiful, you can do whatever the hell you want because there's nobody around, so enjoy it, as in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it drives my wife up the wall, and he just wants to sit inside and, like, play with Legos, mm-hmm. that it's, you know, almost every day, 85 degrees and sunny, mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't want to do it, and kind of like, yeah, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know on that, it's kind of a different topic. I know that's a thing for parents, like, oh, the kids are sitting inside playing video games or, you know, fucking around on their phones, but I don't know how bad that is. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost like dogma. Yeah. When we were kids, we were outside playing. Okay, I mean, so I'm doing a jerk-off show on the radio. What did I turn? You know, it's not like I figured anything out, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, <exactly>. I mean, <laughs> why, why all of a sudden are we the experts on yeah, what's I'm going on? I'm on the bad? unemployment Some line, of these kids but... who are on their phones all the time wind up writing code and becoming billionaires by the time they're, you know, 25.
0: That's not a so, joke either, too. Like, I got buddies who didn't play sports when they were in middle school. Instead, they learned how to write code. Now they... Our software engineers making more money than all my friends combined. Yeah, so. so I just
1: I I think it's like that's the thing. It's like I don't know. i Sometimes I think it's like things are passed off as truths that aren't necessarily truths. Mm-hmm. And then I like I'll call attention to it, but then I'm the asshole because I'm telling somebody something that they've always believed is right is actually might not necessarily be right. So then I'm the bad guy, and it's I'm not doing it to be the bad guy. I'm just going well. I mean. I don't know, just to be outside, you know, maybe he doesn't want to do it and he's happy inside and that's what he wants to do. So so anyway, getting back to burnout with athletes, I don't th- let me put it this way, I don't think if it's something the kid, and I'll go kid all the way up into like somebody who's in high school, if the kid wants to do it, if he or she wants to do it, I don't think he or she gets burned out. I uh-huh. think he or she gets burned out when mom or dad wants him to do it. Mm -hmm. That's when I think they get burned out. Because if you love doing something, I don't think you get burned out.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But when it becomes something of a job or a chore, as you called it, Mm -hmm. then I think that's when you have burnout. Yeah. So that's what I think happens. If you love it, like if, if all Jameson wanted to do, was to go and now. He'll say, "I want to go to the golf course. I want to go." I'm like, "Okay, cool." But I know that doesn't mean he wants to play. Mm-hmm. It means he wants to drink Gatorade, and watch my phone, and occasionally hit a ball. Most of the time, run around in bunkers. <laughs> that's that's his. And he's three and a half. I mean, yeah. what the fuck else? But but it isn't like he's like you know some Tiger Woods on the Mike Douglas show. Yeah. You know, hitting a ball. It's not who he is. Mm-hmm. And so, from my standpoint. I don't know. I just I don't this is my own thing and maybe I just I would I would however people there was a there was a gift going around uh the Twitter tw- oh, you know what it was? It ties into the Brooks Kepka Bryson D. Djambo thing. Mm-hmm. Uh I actually retweeted it. I came out of Twitter retirement very briefly. You know, everybody was creating a meme out of that image of yeah. Kepka rolling his eyes in D. in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and within twenty four hours it was tired. But one, it was like this British golf rider tweeted, um, you know, uh, Kepka was first time parents. DeChambeau was, you know, uh, older parent giving advice. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> that is perfect. I don't fucking care how you raised your kid. And I really hope you don't care how I raise mine. Yeah. And if you are actually going to contact me to tell me how to raise mine, in advance I'd like to tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> in advance I want to tell you that. Yep. Go fuck yourself. Yep. And I sure as hell won't tell you how to raise yours. Just leave me the fuck alone. Just because I do a radio show doesn't mean I'm out there needing your advice on how to raise my son. You yeah. know, Not to say that I got it overwhelmingly, but I just, I'm so conscious of you know that kind of stuff because it's so personal in so many ways it's so personal Mm -hmm. and every child is different both in the makeup and what he or she wants and a whole different thing and the parents are you don't know everybody's situation holy fuck anyway digressing from that for me personally um i just it it was a question i think we may have discussed it on the radio are you, doing, are you not doing your children the proper responsibility or do, executing your responsibility as a parent if your child does have an ability but you are not guiding them to take advantage of the fact that they have a unique talent? That, to me, is an interesting question. That's a philosophical question. And that's, I feel like you say yes, now you're opening it up for a potential Earl Woods situation um, mm-hmm. because does Tiger Woods become Tiger Woods without Earl Woods? You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think so. I think the answer to that is I don't think so. But so, you know, and I'm not saying if you are old woods that you're wrong. I'm just saying for me and my person, that's not something that I personally want to do. Mm-hmm. That I personally want to do. I'm not saying if somebody does do it, that they're wrong. I'm not saying if somebody does do it, that they're right. But I think for the purpose of what this email was, Icky Peter, I think more often than not, not across the board, but more often than not, burnout is the byproduct of an outside party. Because if somebody loves the game or loves a, the, a musical instrument or loves, you know, video games and begins writing code, take your pick, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be baseball or basketball or golf or hockey or whatever, and all of a the sudden they just turn it off and don't want anything to do with it, I think that is probably the byproduct of an outside party. hmm now, I could be wrong on that, but I think that I think that's what the case is. I, Action Jackson, do you have any thoughts on the topic? I've been pontificating.
0: I think you're right in the sense that, like, Tiger probably doesn't become Tiger without Earl, but that doesn't necessarily make what Earl's parenting style right or wrong. It's, it's so difficult because each kid's different. You're absolutely right. It's too broad to be like, yes, like, one way of parenting is the way to do it, but— uh, burnout is definitely a thing. I think the more detrimental thing to kids in sports, um, is the, and i know Mike Matheny had this thing about it was the ride home. The ride home can either make or break uh, a kid's opinion about sports. Cause if it, it becomes like, oh, if I don't field this ground ball correctly, I'm going to get screamed at on the ride home. Or if I s- strike out looking, or if I miss a free throw, you know, all hell's going to break loose in the ride home. I don't want to play sports anymore because why would I want to put myself in that situation? So I think that, and I, you know, my father was a basketball coach. So growing up and he was my basketball coach, he was a high school coach and then coached my, you know, middle school teams. And, you know, he was tough, but he never, it was never like on the ride home. He was going to just scream at me. He would get mad if I lacked effort, not, missed a shot it was an effort thing and I think that's what people need to harp on more I mean your kid most likely is not Mike Trout they're not Jason Tatum they're not going to be you know Brady Kachuk but you should be mad about the right things like effort like if they're walking back on defense or they don't put their body in front of a ground ball okay that's okay like and I once again I don't want I'm not a parent I'm actually fresh off of being parented so I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but, um, I think being mad your kid missed a three pointer is detrimental to their experience in sports. That's just yeah. how I view it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not the, I mean, I'm still, I mean, here I am. I mean, I'm in the very early stages, mm-hmm. but God, you know, I don't know. I just can't. I, 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 I mean, maybe I'd go back and listen to this in 10 years ago. Oh my God. I, I had a whole plan, and I became, you know, mm-hmm. the person I said I would never be. I just, I can't see me doing it. But again, so much of it is about, for me, so much is just like it's all, it's all about happiness. Yep. And it's kind, and it's kind of like that's it. I, it. And I, you know, so once 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 you get there, mm-hmm. it's and and it's not happiness at all costs. It's finding a balance between happiness. And responsibility, so yeah. it's not that simple. But happiness and responsibility, and trying to find that balance, and what in the world am I getting out of, you know, making my son uncomfortable, whatever way that would be, mm-hmm. in order to have him dislike something that he initially he loved doing. That that that's not that's not fulfilling for either one of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it also is probably doing some semblance of damage, even if it's not like conscious damage. So I but I don't, but like I said, man, I'm not there. So mm-hmm. in a way it's really not fair for me to, to comment, but that's my mindset here as I'm kind of a, you know, approaching the top of the first inning, so to speak. Yeah. Um so I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Cause maybe there's some of you who are parents and actually have kids who are, you know, maybe they want up play you know, college golf or college mm-hmm. baseball or shit. I don't know. Maybe in the NHL for all I know. Um, and you go, know, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I might've said the same thing when my son was three, but here is what changes. Here's what changed. And I, and, and so that's the thing. I am open to being told I am wrong or I was wrong or whatever the case might be. I'm just saying that that is my mindset now. Um, you know, and and I apply it to across the board in life. Like, what else? Is, what else is there? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what, I I remember saying I think it was my first show back in the studio. You know, and I said I just want him to be happy. Well, right. after he was born, I should say, mm-hmm. um, in in August of 2017 or September of 2017, whatever my first day back in the studio was. It's like whatever it is, and I remember, and and Doug kind of was like, "Really?" I'm, or, you know, he goes, "You know," like I said. And that was this was before the Plowhawk kind of had his uh, anger uh, heel turn that some people cite, but mm. you know I think he just was fed up with some of the shit that you're starting to see, and <laughs> I don't think it's gotten to yet. Nah,
2: all right. Everybody's
1: kind of waiting for you to have your moment. I'm, I'm uh, all right, um, but uh, where I'm like I look across the dais here, and the Plowhawk's just fucking happy. Yeah, and so if my son and I think Darren was like around thirty at the time, maybe he was still in his late twenties. And I go so if he is a board operator who goes home and plays video games and he is happy I'd be happy Yeah. but I know when I was saying that because I'm Doug's reaction but also some of the texters were like that's not that's not right but I'm like yeah I don't know what to tell you Darren's happy now some might consider me quote unquote and i intentionally going air quotes here, successful. But I know at, at that particular time, and in, in specifically even, that I wasn't even half as happy as Darren mm-hmm. was. Yeah. But I'm the, you know, quote-unquote successful one. Yeah. And so to me, I would rather be happy. And it's like not even a, it, it's not even a sweat. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's becoming more common. I don't know if I'm still in a in a big minority. Oxymoron. But that that, and and like I don't even. I I'm open to seeing the other side of it. But you know, I I, I kind of feel like I got to this destination that most people don't get to until their 60s or 70s, and I got to it around 40 and i'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing that i got there it actually might be a bad thing in the sense that it makes me take my foot off the pedal and by that i mean with pursuing career you know accomplishments i mm-hmm. suppose would be the best way to describe it because i just I, I it's all i was because i didn't have a child until i was 40 mm-hmm. it's all i was from the moment i left columbia missouri even while i was in columbia missouri all the way until i don't even know when And now I'm kind of like, that, you know, I did it, but God, it came at a brutal cost. A brutal Mm -hmm. cost to marriage, a brutal cost to friendships, just because it was everything. Mm -hmm. Psychologically, I'm sure, contributed to my sleep problem, which is going to segue us into uh, the next email, because I got a bunch of emails about the sleep thing that I mentioned last week. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that again. I, I, I I would much rather, like it's not even a sweat for me. But I don't think I would have said this five years ago, so it's interesting. It's like what changed? I would much rather be happy and make less money than be like Fuck, but I'm making more money, and I maybe have more public critical acclaim mm-hmm. and to me it's not even a it's not even a sweat, yeah, it's not even like I gotta go back and forth I just I don't know. We're, we're I, and I realize Jackson, we're much different places in our lives, mm-hmm. so it, it's not an apples to apples conversation. But when I say that, what are you thinking when you hear that? Are you like, yeah, I get it, because I'm I'm trying to understand where you are at this point, at 23 and fresh out of school, and the whole deal. No, no kids, no wife.
0: Yeah, happiness is. I mean, you can't like you can't buy. I know it's an old saying, but you can't literally buy happiness. So if it's the job you have and you love makes you happy or whatever situation you're in makes you happy like that to me is more valuable than a certain amount of money now like you said and I think it's an important uh, addendum to put on there is there's a balance you know you still have to pay bills you can't pay bills with happiness but um, to a certain extent like uh, sometimes like stress can be a bill that you have to pay and that I hope that for some people who are unhappy that they're that pay their money pays that bill. But for me, like I don't have a bill of stress. Like I'm happy. I really love what I do. I love working here. I love the people I work with. I couldn't complain if I tried. So in that sense, yeah, really happy and glad about it. And usually if you're happy, you're better at your job. And if you're better at your job, you're more likely to make more money. So sometimes
1: I agree. agree. That's the thing. Yeah. I I think if I would have gone into this going, I got to make the most money possible, it would have been a disaster. Mm -hmm. But I got into it because I loved the Cardinals. Yeah, That's it, which is weird because, I mean, I'm 22 years old choosing a career. I mean, I guess I chose the career four years earlier, but Mm -hmm. that was it. Um, And people could say, you know, I remember my dad one time, only one time said, you know, and I'm—I was surprised, like a late night thing, like steak and shake on Hampton. It's not even there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like a Lion's Choice there now. And I don't even know why we were out. It just wasn't the way that we usually operated. But we were out, and, and just I, you know, out of nowhere, he kind of goes, "You know, you ought to maybe think about going into law school." He goes, "It's just a tough business you're trying to get into, Timmy." And I'm going, "I don't—I don't know." I and mean, I'm in my mind, it was like I, there's not a doubt in my mind it was going to work. Mm-hmm. And I love the Cardinals and that was it. And again, it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing at that age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, usually that's something like maybe you get over like when you're like 14, you know, but here I am, I'm in my twenties and in college and you know, but that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I wasn't like, I'm, I need to make X amount of dollars. When I chose not to go to New York, it became a mo- it was a hundred percent money thing, and obviously yeah. it was more money to go there. But I'm like, okay, this puts me on a path here. And how many sportscasters are making a million a year, minimum? Um, and I would guess in the country maybe thirty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I started playing the odds on it, like, okay, this you know this person's going to be here forever, so that spot's it's just like okay. Yeah. And I'm going to go do something that I don't really want to do. And what am I doing it for? I'm basically doing it for money and that people who maybe don't think I'm good will now have to admit, fuck, they were wrong. I'm good because I'm an anchor in television in New York. Well, fuck that reason. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah. like that's embarrassing that that even comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was, I mean, that's really, it was, it was a straight money thing. And I, when it got down to it, I didn't choose it. But uh, I, I think about, you know the, the money and the happiness thing quite often,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm wondering. I'm, I'd be I'd be curious. I, that's why I'm asking you at 23. Yeah. At 23, I'm charging the hill hard still. Uh-huh. I think at 44, most people are charging the hill hard. Yeah. But I don't know if they're charging the hill hard for, I don't know what the right word. Is. I can't think it like self fulfillment. I think would be the word I would use. Mm-hmm. I think they're charging the hill hard because they're going okay. I got three or four kids. And I have to charge the hill hard, yeah. Because I got to make sure that I take care of my responsibilities, my family. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not now but it's not now about choice. It's about I got to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's a different conversation. That's yeah. a different conversation, which is why sure. it's not apples to apples. Um, but yeah, th- again, that's a philosophical thing. Um, and and then like I brought up the sleep thing and the stress and the sleep thing. And I got these are back to back right here. Hey, Tim, big fan of the show for a long time. You mentioned the other day you took care of your sleep issues. If I'm not being too personal, how did you take care of it? I have severe sleep apnea and flat out can't do the CPAP machine. I hate it. Totally understand if you can't provide details. No problem. Uh, I don't know if this person wants me to give his name, so I will not read it. Uh, when in doubt, just go with John and
0: Overland. <laughs> yeah, everyone's now John and Overland.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> sup, Jackson. Tim, I listen to QFTA, or I listen to TMA, and over the years, I recall you talking about the sleep problems. Recently, I heard you mention uh, you got your sleep fixed. Can you explain, so this is back-to-back emails, Can you? and I didn't realize that this was like, but it resonated with some people, what you've done to fix it. I would say I have a good night's sleep maybe twice a year, and on those mornings that I do wake up from a restful sleep, I feel like nuke Lelouch and Bull Durham when he throws a strike and goes, Jesus, that was beautiful. How would I do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I can fall asleep, no problem. I can't stay asleep. My problem is I wake up in the middle of the night and can't turn my mind off. It just races. I've tried smoking weed, chewing gummies, glass of whiskey, etc. I've tried running a couple miles before bed with the hopes that one of these things would just knock my ass out for the night. Nothing seems to work. Perhaps therapy is what I need. Sorry I don't have an erotic story for everybody. Those are the fucking best. Thanks. That comes from Adam. So when, when these came in, um, I was like, oh, I got to get in it. And then I got more of them. And I just was like, I didn't realize that this was – but I know – when i do you have any sleep issues jackson
0: no nah, not for the most part
1: if you have it it is and i can't say it's the worst there are things that are obviously worse but it is one of the worst things that like malady that you can have mm-hmm. because it will own your life and then on the other side of it there really isn't a lot of sympathy for it, yeah. Because those who do sleep well and have never had a sleep issue go, oh, you didn't get enough sleep, <laughs> fucking baby, and that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. And I had it. It's probably the reason, the biggest reason why I left television mm-hmm. um, in two thousand. Left KMOV in two thousand five. It was it was absolutely brutal, and it went on from two thousand three through two thousand eight. And so that's why, and I guess that's how it came up on TMA, although I feel like I brought it up on the podcast, too. When we played the audio of that old lady who said she was 35 telling me to sit in the corner and drink and bang. Yeah. And I listened to that, and I know a lot of people in the audience thought it was great, and I was listening to it, and I hate listening to that mm-hmm. because I'm embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. And I'm embarrassed by it in, in part because I'm just like, okay, that isn't me, but it is but it is, it is me, but it mm-hmm. isn't me now. Yeah. Um. And I'm embarrassed by it because it's like I was clearly such a fucking mess. Now, I know, even though I listened to it, and if I were in the audience, I'd go, oh, that guy was like on something. That's what I would think, too. Now, I know I wasn't. I guess I was in the sense that I was on Ambien, Lunesta, whatever. But mm-hmm. I wasn't like on Coke or whatever the fuck else, anything, you, could, you know, drinking or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I had such a sleep problem, but I don't know, you know, I remember, I mean, God, Jackson, I went and saw so many doctors, Mm -hmm. so many doctors, because for those of you, and I know it's resonating, um, with a lot of you right now, and I know probably nine out of 10 of you are going, what's the big fucking deal? But if for the one out of 10 of you that that are hearing this and going, oh my God, what happened? Tell me how you got out of it because it owns my life. Um... I went and saw doctors. Um, you know, initially this doctor was saying, "Well, you can't, you can't do what you do. You're working." You and I did. I worked seven days a week, but I mm-hmm. loved what I did, and so I didn't. You know, five days a week doing radio, five days a week doing TV, which meant if my math is correct, three days of the week I would have both. And I was, you know, 25, 26 when it started, and I would go out. On the weekends, mm-hmm. really the, to the strip bars too. I mean, it's specific to the strip bar. I mean, eventually he you know, started a normal bar, but then we would finish off the strip bar and go until three and four in the morning, and just all kinds of fucking creepy shit. It was great. I wouldn't trade any of it. By the way, it was wonderful. There's zero, zero regrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I rem- it was like after all, I don't even know fifteenth doctor. Yeah, and and he goes, he goes. Well, that's your problem. He goes. I mean, what are you even doing it here? He goes, you can't do that. He goes, it's called the delayed sleep pattern. If you go to bed at five in the morning on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then get up at noon or one in the afternoon and then try to go to bed to get up early Monday morning, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. And it was just like so basic, which is not the case for most people who deal with it. Mm -hmm. Now, it didn't solve everything but what would wind up happening and i know this is going to resonate with a lot of people it's like it's like an addict talking to another addict except you're not an addict um, but you be like oh my god you're speaking my language mm-hmm. you get up you realize immediately you feel like shit and you're thinking i got to write this day off i just got to get through it mm-hmm. i got to write this day off i just somehow got to get through it and hope not know but hope that you get a good night's sleep in 12, 14 hours when you go to bed Mm -hmm. and there's a chance you will, but there is a better chance than normal that you won't. And then the cycle repeats itself. But then you will have like one of these emailers said a day, maybe once a week, once every couple weeks or in this guy's case, once or twice a month where you do get a great one and you have no idea how the fuck it happened. Mm -hmm. But what happened to me was, you, it, it creates anxiety it becomes a self-filling prophecy of anxiety because you're anxious all day that you hope that is the night you will get a good night's sleep and so ambien would knock me out and i think it would knock damn near anybody out mm-hmm. it now, now the first 10 minutes after you take it it's like taking in you know lsd it's mm-hmm. unbelievable it's like eating mushrooms it's fucking wild um and it's kind of fun mm-hmm. But then it, then you get knocked out, but you're not in REM sleep, and you mm-hmm. need REM or deep sleep. And so you will either wake up in the middle of the night, which is what happened to me, and then like one of these guys said, mind just starts racing, mm-hmm. and you're done. It's over. Yeah. Might as well get up, because you're going to just torture yourself yeah. for the remaining X amount of hours, probably looking at your phone or alarm clock or whatever the hell you have. Mm-hmm and going holy shit it's getting closer and closer i can't fall asleep your mind's racing like i got this today it's just, it's it's, it's, it's i hate i mean i don't even like talking about it and mm-hmm. i haven't dealt with it in a long time i do not like talking about it because it's so it's like having the yips almost it's because you, you can't it's you're powerless yeah um and it, you know you look forward to the weekend and you and then because you're like okay i don't have anything to get up for the weekend then you don't have the anxiety, and then you can sleep. Now I was, yeah. well, I was, I was, I had a significant other, but we didn't have kids, so I had that. Now, if you have kids and you got this going on, I can't, I really can't imagine. Yeah, it's tough. So, how did I fix it? One doctor said, I, "You have a deviated septum, which probably impacts your breathing." Mm-hmm. And so, in j- December of 2006, I got a, with a septoplasty. Mm-hmm for a deviated septum yeah so that was step one but it didn't completely fix it and in uh 2008 ish late 2007 early 2008 um I, it was like involved. You don't even hear about it anymore. Do you, do you ever hear about restless leg syndrome, Jackson?
2: I've heard of it, but I don't really.
1: It was like it was like it was it was like this disease of the moment in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. And that's like like uh, Dug and the Cat. Like so, you have restless leg syndrome. What are you like scissoring like the Dickens underneath
2: <laughs> the sheets?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. All I know is that's what they're telling me I have, and they gave me a little medication for it. Um Which certainly helped, but the biggest thing in addition to that was I had a realization, and I don't know if this is a solution for everybody, but I'm just telling you what I did, that I needed to sleep, and I needed it cold, Mm. and I would go out, and I was just living in a condo at the time, Uh, my wife would stay in the bedroom, and Mm. I uh, would just go out in the living room and sleep on a couch, it would be freezing, I mean like 66 degrees I would turn it down to. And that's how I slept. Mm-hmm. And then an app came out, and this is relatively more recently, although I think it's, I've had it for the last decade or so, um, called Sleep Cycle. And what happens for a lot of people is they, when their alarm goes off, you could be in REM sleep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you are awakened... While in REM sleep, electrically, electronically, I don't know what the proper term is, electromagnetic waves. Even if you've gotten a good night of sleep, you will feel like shit if you are yanked out of REM sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so what this app does, and this was, this, was, this was kind of the cherry on top of the whole thing. What this app does is it creates, well, it doesn't create, you give it a window and you can specify the window. It's called Sleep Cycle. I'm sure there are better apps now. I've just been using it at work, so I don't fuck with it. Um, like, okay, for the radio show, I'm going to get up Eastern time no later than 6.30, 5.30 St. Louis time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the window will start at 5 a.m. And so when the app from the iPhone feels me moving around, which mm-hmm. means I'm no longer in REM sleep, it then begins to like silently play like some kind of like ringtone that's not the the iPhone ringtone but mm-hmm. like some kind of like almost like wind chimes I don't even know I don't even feel like I, I guess I feel a vibration I hear it and it wakes me up but it's gentle yeah and it's in a window in which you're not in REM sleep and ever since then it's just for the most part maybe once a month I don't like to talk I really don't like to talk about it because I, I have fear of it go, yeah. coming back
0: and kind of jinx it or something
1: yeah but once a month or so I will, you know, have a night where I just don't sleep well, or I'll wake up at four or something like that, four Eastern, so three St. Louis time. And it's just like, oh my God, I'm not falling back asleep. I am fucked. But at this point now, it's like we were talking about the mentality of getting the golf swing back. Mm-hmm. I now recognize it, and I know that lying in bed will do me no good. So I get up and I'll just like read uh, my laptop. Um, and then, like, then it's going to take my mind. It's going to redirect my mind off or of whatever it was that my mind was so consumed by. Mm-hmm. And then I go back to bed. And I would say 75, 80% of the time, I'll fall back asleep. It'll probably take a half hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. But that's what I do. Yeah. Now, I realize that this is not going to now fix. I didn't just reveal to you how to hit a, you know, perfect wedge to have it spin back. I, you know, I, it, it, it's, this is what worked for me. But it owned my life it owned my life it owned my life i am it, i'm you know it i'm sure played a role in my life maybe bigger than i would want to even admit because it would be so sad really to to look at that and go yeah that's that caused you know this that caused that that you know caused me to leave this that caused me to do that you know I, and in a way it almost maybe also sound like it's excusing some things and it's not but it's brutal and so when people have it i am so sympathetic because I had it, and I guess the only thing I can say is, hopefully by hearing somebody who's lived it and, and really had it impact them and came out on the other side of it, that you know you can get on the other side of it, even when people go, oh, you didn't get a good night's sleep, and they kind of go, oh, bitch, mm-hmm. you know, too bad. Because for them, sleep is just not an issue. Doug always talks about he's an Olympic-caliber sleeper. He puts his head on the pillow, he's gone. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, It's brutal. And if it if it's something where it, it is, you know, regular, you are really not living. And you're you're certainly not living, you know, to your fullest personally, but also probably not performing properly professionally and you're probably not great as far as your interpersonal relationships go, because good chances you're agitated. Uh, that you're not all there all the time, daydreaming, exhausted, frustrated, anxious about the next night's sleep, anxious about the problem in general. It is brutal. It, to me, if if I were still in that spot, I still would be on a relentless pursuit of medicine. I'm not talking about like pills. I'm talking about figuring it out. Yeah. It is too important to just wave off. And I'm sure most of you know that who have it. But there is a solution. It's just different for everybody. I mean, not everybody has a deviated septum. I happen to have a deviated septum. I don't even know if that was the problem. I just know that I had one, and it was one of the steps. Uh, now we turn it down to make it cool, but it's, you know, 70 degrees. It's not like we're turning it down to 66 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and in and, and the app that doesn't just – because there would be some days I'm like, oh, my God, I slept eight hours but I feel like shit. And that's because I think I was in REM sleep and it was just like yanking me out of it. But in part because on the weekends I would sleep until 11. Weekends now I'm up at 7, 7.30 and I love it. Mm-hmm. But that's because that's, you know, I'm basically in the same kind of time window that I'm in during the week getting up to do the show. Yeah. But if I was getting up at 11 on the weekends and then trying to get up at 5 during the week, you'd have problems. And that's what I was doing during those years. It's brutal. I really don't. I mean, listen. I'm, you can email, and I want to try and help. I know that this is not a one-size-all-fits-all fix, but I'm so sympathetic to those who have it because it's brutal. It owns your life, and it is an awful, awful thing. Because you're so helpless. Whereas if you told somebody, you know, I don't even know. Like if you if you broke your leg. Or if you had a real illness, as in an illness that, you know, people raise money for, Mm -hmm. take your pick of whatever it might be, uh, you'd get the utmost sympathy. And I'm not equating this to like that kind of illness, but I am saying it is an illness that is almost, I think, because most it just doesn't carry like a a terminal, on the surface anyway, direct terminal effect, but it is, you truly are not living. Yeah. God, I feel brutal for people who have it. I really do. It affects Cause, both,
0: cause physical it, it's and probably mental.
1: anxiety. I mean, it's probably yeah. anxiety. That I sure. guess, but I, I don't know. I mean, stress. I mean, for me, it was anxiety.
0: Yeah, it, and it's both physical and mental. You know, it affects both those really hard because physically you're tired, but mentally that stress weighing over your head. Not just the stress of oh I got no sleep tonight or last night, and now I have a full day of take your pick of whatever. But then. Oh my God, what if it happens to me again tomorrow? Like I can't go through this again. Right. And so it's it it taxes you both physically and mentally. So uh I do yeah, I'm very, very fortunate that sleep is not a big issue for me. There's some days where I don't get to bed later. Like I've said before, avoid naps like the plague because it's hard to go to bed at nine thirty or ten if I've taken an hour long nap during the day. But um if that's the case, and I end up taking a nap and I get a later night's sleep. I, I it is frustrating. You wake I wake up with like a headache, and that sucks. It's a terrible way to start the day. But when I get a great night's sleep, like I did last night, you know, it's a really big bonus that you I've taken for granted, and uh, I think a lot of people take for granted.
1: Yeah, you take it for, and it's understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things. Until you have, you know, you lose the ability of something that you were able to do normally every day, day in and day out, you don't appreciate how. Great it is to have those abilities. You appreciate it once you don't know what you got till it's gone. Cinderella, 1987. Uh, That that's 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 standard human behavior. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just the way that it is. If I ever do get my shoulder surgery, I will have this great appreciation for my ability right now to lift up my left shoulder and you know lift up my arm and you know not even think anything of it until it's back to whatever it would be after however many months of rehab. It's just the way that it is and it was brutal but for all of my life well high school and college and then when i was just doing tv you're doing tv you're anchoring at 10 o'clock um you don't go to you don't come home and go to bed at 11 you stay up Mm -hmm. so you're kind of on this two o'clock a.m going to bed till getting up at 10 o'clock thing and the rest of the world thinks you're fucking nuts yeah but that's your schedule like if you asked a professional baseball player right now when they go to bed they don't go to bed at 11 o'clock it's not because they're out and it certainly could be because they're out but in a lot of cases it's just they're winding down Mm -hmm. that's their time so i just and then i had the the radio thing is what what caused it because i didn't have to get up early all the way up until then yeah and that that it was it was real i really feel badly for those who have it and so it didn't even cross my mind that uh when I brought it up, that it would lead to the number of emails asking, you know, what did you do? I have this, this is the problem I have. And I'm like, i I'm reading it. I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I had. And it's an awful, awful way. I think, you know, I think to monitor, it would be very interesting. I wear a whoop band. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows you recovery. It tells me, I mean, how much REM sleep I had to the minute. Wow. Now Last night, Jackson, I went to bed at, uh, let's see, 1018 St. Louis time and woke up at 606 St. Louis time. And um, I only had 42 minutes of REM sleep, but I had an hour and five minutes of deep sleep. And of of that time I was in bed, only six hours and 20 minutes, 25 minutes of sleep. How it t- tells you that I have no fucking idea, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, it, on days where I have very low REM sleep or deep sleep, it, it, there's no—I don't need to look at the whoop to know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm gonna feel like shit. No, um, mm-hmm. So. Anything I can help for people or answer questions or point people, I will do because I feel terribly about it. I know it's one of those things that people don't even like to talk about because, in a way, it's embarrassing or it doesn't really give you sympathy or you don't get sympathy. So I want to try to help the cause on it. Email me, Tim McKernan at insidestl.com. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of The Tim McKernan Show. Thank you to all of our sponsors for their loyal support. Any questions, comments, erotic stories, opinions, requests for deep dives, fire away. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.
2: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season.
0: You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of.